Aliens. Aliens. Uh, spoilers for what today's episode is right. called. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of my weird little podcast where we talk about all things weird. Of course, it's me, Tia, your wonderful podcaster, and Patrick, that guy over there who does everything else. Uh. <laughs> um, Let's just get into the story. Today's story um, is about the 1994 Zimbabwe UFO sighting and alien encounter. So, um, Pat, have you heard anything like about the story before? At all. I I had just seen um the video clip um if we're talking about the same story yeah I'd seen yeah there's several video clips yeah um, I think I first I saw it on like there. TikTok or something then you showed me again um but yeah it's really weird I mean yeah just seeing kids talk like that was weird <laughs> oh yeah you know yeah. It's, it's always weird when kids take things super serious that you're like. That shouldn't exist, but you're describing something really accurately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for those listeners who have not heard the story, basically a bunch of kids had an encounter at recess where they believed that a an alien came to visit them. And, you know, these kids were interviewed after the incident because it gained so much, you know... Um, so much attention because all of these kids stories were consistent, very consistent um, to the point where it's, they, they could not be lying because they're just, they're so consistent with everything that they say, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's a little, I mean, that's a little bit about the story. I'll get into more details in a moment here. Um, first off, are you, what are you drinking? Um, I guess the last of this coffee, I, I'm oh, not, yeah. I, don't, I don't let coffee go to waste. How boring. I'm drinking coffee too. I have a pink mug for those who are just listening. Um, I need to get like themed mugs for these episodes, I think, because I'm always drinking something. And most of the time it's going to be coffee now because we're recording these in the daytime as opposed to when we were recording them at night. And I was always drinking LaCroix. <laughs> That's hilarious. And you I know, or LaCroix with tequila in it. You know, yeah, sometimes <laughs> uh, or wine. But honestly, I feel like I drink LaCroix more than anything else. Um, mostly just because I want a sponsorship. Um, Let's say we never got any information from LaCroix. From so, yeah. uh, Mr. Croy, if you are out there. <laughs> Monsieur Croy. <laughs> um, I would like that sponsorship. Um, also, not to be creepy, but if you're wondering what I'm wearing, follow my TikToks. <laughs> follow my TikToks if you're wondering. I These will be up on YouTube eventually but uh i always put i try to put together cute outfits at least i am now and some way uh in a way i'm promoting it through tiktok because i'm trying to get more listeners so i am putting together cute outfits themed for every episode and i am putting together the outfit on tiktok and hopefully that will bring us more listeners uh if not they're just fun to do because you know i love to put on clothes and you know I've got some pretty cute things in my closet that I've collected over the years and um you know I might as well show them off and hopefully get more traffic to this podcast so 
that is what I'm doing. So if you like fashion, um, follow me on TikTok. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, not that like I'm super into fashion, like everything I wear is like, I mean, I guess, you know, I am, I have my own style, but I'm not like, this is this, you know, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not like specific on things, but you know, most of my stuff is, um, from the dollar store or from, um, Goodwill. So, <laughs> you know, occasional Amazon buys. Um, I will always be wearing this necklace that I bought drunk at the Rio with Roxana. Shout out to Roxana, our fellow podcaster. Uh, for those who are listening, this necklace is a knockoff Vivian Westwood, her famous globe, and a safety pin with fake rhinestones on it. It's missing some rhinestones because I wear it all the time. Um, <laughs> but I didn't know who Vivian Westwood was before I bought this. And I'm so glad that I learned who she was because she just passed away recently. And uh, it opened up my mind to appreciating and understanding fashions that I had already been wearing in, uh, you know, in my repertoire of fashion, um, but having like further understanding of the history and the culture of like where this came from. And, you know, um, I'm gonna go off on a little rant here, but I do think people should look into fashion history more often because it really has a lot to do with the history of, of you know, social, socio socioeconomics, uh, the history of war, of, you know, women's rights, uh, you know, the class system, like everything has something to do with fashion, you know, fashion influenced history and history influences fashion. It's like so fascinating when you get into it and that's like 90% of what I watch on TikTok now um so uh hopefully when I become more educated I can incorporate that into my TikToks but for now I'm just putting on cute outfits together from my closet which is okay too like doesn't have to be all that serious you know um especially on TikTok you know um but those who do create serious TikToks that are extremely educational. I commend you and I respect you and I'm probably following you. So yeah. And if not, email me and let me know what your TikTok is because I want to follow you. <laughs> and um, yeah. Anyways, back to the story. So yeah, let's just get into it. Sorry, I got a burp. Mm -hmm. One more sip of my coffee. All right. And we'll get into the story. So um, I don't remember where I heard this story. I think this was when I was doing some research, maybe for Hollywood's Haunted, the podcast on, um, oh, I can't even remember that one story where that lady like literally was abducted from her room and people saw her floating outside of her building, you know, oh, yeah. I cannot remember what that story was, but I feel like I came across this. I also do a lot of searches of like, top 10 ufo sightings top 10 alien encounters top 10 ghosts whatever you know just because those lists are usually you know there's some that you know are the same stories that come up all the time but occasionally i'll come across a list with a story that i've never heard and you know it'll spark my interest and it can be something that i want to make a podcast about so i think i came across this 
somehow through that, um, you know, but most of my information today is from the gazette.net and the mile higher podcast. Um, if you don't listen to the mile higher podcast or watch them on YouTube, please check them out. They are fascinating or fasc- fascinating, fascinating, What am I saying? It is fascinating. Yeah, well, they're <laughs> great. Um, Kendall Ray is, and oh, I feel so bad that I don't know her husband's name. It's his podcast too. <laughs> but uh, if you are listening to this, you probably know who Kendall Ray is. But her podcast that she does with her uh, husband, they're fantastic together. And it's called Mile Higher. Um, and yeah, uh, you should check it out. So I got most of this information from them. And uh, they have a lot of video as well from this story which is the 1994 Zimbabwe UFO sighting. It's also known as the aerial phenomenon because aerial is the name of the school that this took place in. So we'll get into it then. So this uh, takes place in the town of Rua. Uh, it is a town in Herrera, uh, in Herrera um, Zimbabwe. It's a Herrera metropolitan province. Zimbabwe. Uh, it is situated 22 kilometers southeast of the capital Harare. Uh, on the main Harare Mutar highway and railway line. So it is um a very small city um and it is in a very rural area. It is on the very edge of basically like the county. So on the edge it's basically beyond the school goes into more wilderness and tall grass and you know um i don't know i've never been to africa but i imagine that there are vast places that are untouched so it's on the very edge of civilization into wilderness um so uh rua serves as a small administrative and trading center for the surrounding mixed farming areas. In recent years, it has grown rapidly and has become a popular area for people moving out of Herrera. So um, most of this takes place at the Ariel Primary School, uh, which I will get into a little bit more about that, which the school is situated on the edge of Rua right where basically like the the playground goes off there's a part of the playground where the kids are told they can't go beyond because then they're in the wilderness <laughs> basically that's crazy you know there's not like a fence around the school it's just like don't go beyond there because there could be wild animals beyond there yeah. so um and i imagine children going to a private school in africa are probably pretty well behaved especially seeing the interviews of these children, like they're very smart. Yeah. They seem pretty well-spoken. Um, I imagine like kids, any children, uh, <laughs> any kids or children outside of the U S are probably really well-behaved. Not saying that kids in the U S aren't well-behaved, but um, no comment <laughs> on that. You know, having worked in, entertainment and tourism and seeing parents from all around the world uh, bring their children to things that are not meant for children and hoping that they behave 
and then seeing different parenting styles. Um, I have a lot of opinions, but <laughs> they're, they're also from an opinion of someone who doesn't have kids. So, you know, take that as you will, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so anyways, back to the story. September 14th, 1994, uh, at around 9 p.m., people around so- South Africa, which um, I guess if you don't know, Zimbabwe is in the area of South Africa, um, I guess, and I guess I should know geography better, but um, people around South Africa reported seeing large, uh, large bright object in the sky. Some reported seeing uh, one object that looked like a bright star. Other people reported say, uh, seeing multiple objects moving together. ZBC radio um, and BBC were flooded with calls of people seeing a white fireball in the sky. Oh, and if you don't know, South Africa has a large population of um, British uh, people. So uh, yeah, BBC, that's why they would have contacted BBC. Okay. Um, so, um, and if you want to me to go into the history of white South Africans and why British people are there, that is a whole nother podcast. Yeah, I'm about to say that's a different it's episode. A whole yeah. nother podcast. You know what? <laughs> Watch the color of friendship. That'll answer it all. For oh you. God! Oh God! Yeah, that's um, that's true. I'm just kidding. Um, but do watch the color of friendship because it's fantastic. Not for a history lesson. Um, but uh, so, but yes, there is a big British population in South Africa, and one one of the main uh, languages is English in South Africa. Um, because of this, which is also why you'll find a lot of these videos of these children are, you know, in English. Um, and why many of these children are white as well. Um, but I'll get into that uh, in, a, in a minute. Um, so if you're confused and you're like, hey, I thought this was in Africa, like it is, you know. Um, so uh, BBC. um so the bbc and cbc were flooded with calls of people seeing a white fireball in the sky uh first reports were from an airport in uh johannesburg and uh then other reports started coming from uh further away botswana and zambia uh the object was visible in the sky for 10 to 12 minutes uh reported to be the size of a jumbo boeing 747 some said it was too big to be a plane, uh, or uh, some said it was a fiery object with multiple objects following it, like sparks, uh, but traveled at the speed of a plane and made no noise as it passed. Astronomers and scientists suspected that it was an asteroid burning up as it entered the Earth's atmosphere, or possibly a meteor shower, although some witnesses interpreted the fireball as a comet or a meteor 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 uh it resulted in a wave of ufo mania in zimbabwe at the time uh according to skeptic brian dunning the fireball had been the re-entry the re-entry of the zenit 2 rocket uh from the cosmos uh uh 2290 satellite launch uh the booster broke up into burning streaks as it moved silently across the sky, giving an impression of a light showing uh, to a light show to millions of Africans. 
So basically he thinks it's part of this satellite. Uh, local UFO researcher Cynthia Hind, who we'll get into a little bit more, uh, recorded other alien sightings at the time, including a daylight sighting uh, by a young boy and his mother and a report of alien beings on a road by a trucker. So yes, it, this light could be part of a satellite, but that does not explain these humanoid alien creatures that people saw later on um, or what happened at the aerial primary school. So um, we'll get into that a little bit now. Um, so the aerial primary school is in Rua. It's a private elementary school. It's on the border of the city where it becomes much more rural, uh, much more rural area, mostly agricultural. Uh, one of the most expensive private schools in the area. Many of the kids were of British or South African descent, although some of the students were from wealthy families in Herrera who didn't want to send their children to the crowded city school. Uh, it is a diverse school population. And um, uh, the official language of the school was English. So uh, a few days later after this first sighting, so the first sightings of the ball in the sky was September 14th. But this all takes place on September 16th. So two days later, 250 children went out to recess at 10 a.m. Uh, while the children played, uh, the adult faculty members were inside having a staff meeting. And the only adult outside was a volunteer worker who was actually a parent of one of the kids who went to the schools there. Uh, they were running the snack bar. They call it the tuck shop. So if I refer to it as a tuck shop, it's basically a snack bar, you know? Uh, yeah. So about 30 minutes into the recess, the children started to point at something in the sky. Children started to grab their friends and ask them if they could see the object. They would later describe the object as a maroon disc, a maroon disc, bright, and unlike anything they had ever seen before. A small group of children started to gather around the boundary of the schoolyard. So like I said, just at the very edge of the yard where they have recess, it kind of goes off into more of a wilderness area mm -hmm. where there is tall grass and it would be hard to see the children beyond that point, which is why they're not allowed to go beyond that point. And it also like could potentially be dangerous. So, um, but these kids start to gather towards the edge of the schoolyard. So, uh, so they started uh, staring at the bushland beyond the school boundary uh, that they were not allowed to go because of wildlife and snakes and da da da. Um, so the bush and grass outside of the schoolyard was tall and thick. Uh, so this craft or maroon disc uh, landed just outside of the schoolyard. Uh, it was described to make a whirring noise. Um, that's what they said. I don't know what they mean by whirring. I'm guessing it's, I mean, to me, that sounds like a pretty typical, like Mars attacks type of alien, maybe the noise that we made in the beginning of this. Uh, yeah, podcast, I was just about you know? to say that. That's funny. Um, <laughs> or, uh, you know, um, so yeah, it was made uh, this, like, I guess, 
kind of like a whistle noise. Um, so the children described not only seeing the craft, but a creature too. So a few of the kids went out to where the maroon disc had landed and they described seeing a shiny silver house made of glass, like a silver light. Um, and they stared at it and they heard like a flute sound. Uh, and then they saw a black figure running at them in slow motion. And many of the kids describe it as seeing this figure uh, in slow motion is how they describe it. And, you know, it's weird that they all use that term slow motion, you know, um, and it scared the children. Uh, so some of them ran over to the tuck shop and they told um, the mother of the working there uh, and the volunteer that what they saw and um, they reported seeing a small man walking around with a band around his head and like a one piece black suit. And um, the mother of the shop didn't believe them, you know, and right. like, understandably, right. like, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> you not, know, that's not like uh, Timmy pushed me or something. Yeah, she didn't <laughs> believe them. She thought that they were making this up to get her to leave the tuck shop so that they could steal snacks or money, um, you know. And as a parent, it's like, you know, very easy to have this like sort of one track mind you know you're always thinking of you know many things at one time and uh kids can get hysterical or you know um so she didn't believe them you know and so uh so some of the kids actually go towards the being and the craft and the children describe uh it one some of okay so some of the children describe one ship with small ships around it and that multiple beings emerge from the craft uh now they were described to have big eyes six times the size of a human eye small nose or no nose at all the tiny mouth uh and they could barely see that it had ears so it sounds like a very typical gray alien that the you know your quote unquote, you know, I don't know, the grays, you know, um, which is like the stereotypical cartoon alien that we normally see. Right. You yeah. know? Which maybe these kids would be familiar with that, you know? Um they these were wealthier kids and this was the 90s, so they probably watched television. Um so you can't you do need to keep that in mind. Um so uh, some of the kids described it wearing all black, that it had long hair and pale gray skin. And these kids thought it was the Tokoloshe, um, which is a, in Zulu mythology, in Zulu mythology, the Tokoloshe, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong, uh, is like this dwarf water sprite. And it is like a mischievous evil spirit. And it can, um, you know, cause you to have troubles, you know. So a lot of these kids thought it was this, like, mythical evil, evil spirit that they've probably heard of, you know. 
Um, so the kids were in such shock that they could not speak to this being. They didn't ever vocalize to the the being itself. They just kind of stared at it quietly. And so this being started to communicate to them through their thoughts. These kids described that they all of a sudden have these thoughts appear in their head that weren't there before and they weren't thinking about it. Um, as so they see they start hearing these thoughts in these head in their heads uh as they're looking at these beings. And he told them, and this being told them that they need to take care of the planet and that technology was headed into a bad direction and warning that something was going to happen unless humanity changed. Ugh. Yeah. Which makes sense to communicate that to children. It really does make sense, you know. Like, who else can make a change in the future? You know, this is going to be like these children are adults now. Right. You know? That's true. Yeah. Um. So after the children received this message, the craft faded away and disappeared. Uh, the entire encounter uh, lasted less than 15 minutes. So the children went back to the school and they told their teachers what they saw. Most of the teachers obviously didn't believe them and they dismissed the accounts uh and the school day went on as normal uh, when the kids went home they went to tell their parents and some of the parents were skept as skeptical as the teachers but a few of the parents actually went down to the landing site to investigate so one child and their mother found uh, where the craft had landed and that all the insects in the area were dead. And there was a big black mark left behind, like something had caught on fire. So the ZBC and the BBC were still asking for accounts from the 14th sighting. And someone called in and reported about the aerial school sighting. Uh, this got the attention of Tim Leach, the BBC's correspondent in Zimbabwe. And he reached out to friend Cynthia Hind, who I mentioned earlier. She was a researcher and author of uh, uh, author on UFOs, a field investigator, and Zimbabwe representative for MUFON. And MUFON, if you don't know, is Mutual UFO Network. And she was an editor uh, for her own periodical called UFO Afrinews, which was like a small... Um, I wouldn't say small. That's like it's a little her own little, you know, report on um UFO sightings in Africa. So, uh, so Tim Leach he actually goes to visit the school on September nineteenth to film the interview to film interviews of the pupils and staff. Uh, after investigating this incident, Leach claimed, "I could handle a war zone, but I could not handle this." Um, so Hind also visited the school on September 20th, 1994. She interviewed some of the children and asked them to draw pictures of what they'd seen. Uh, she reported that the children all told the same story. And you can find these pictures and you can find these videos online, you know, and these kids, they are all, yes, she's interviewing them as a group, but they are all saying the same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, Cynthia also interviewed the woman who ran the tuck shop uh, and a few students uh, and the school's headmaster, who was incredibly 
skeptical. Uh, so, but he was also the one who suggested that the kids drop what they witnessed. The 60 kids did their drawings and Tim Leach would go and record and interview them. Uh, they even went to the site and found the oval-shaped impression and wedge-shaped impressions. Uh, so Cynthia Hind, would, she also reached out to uh, Harvard University's professor of psychiatry, John Mack. And that November, John Mack visited the school to interview witnesses. Uh, now, uh, according to the interviews of Hind, Leach, and Mack, 62 children between the age of six and 12 claim to have seen at least one UFO. Dozens more children who were present stated that they had seen, had not seen any UFO or anything unusual. Um, the basic details of the sightings were quite consistent, although not all the details were the same. Uh, one or more, uh, one or, or more silver objects usually described as discs appeared in the sky. They floated down to a field of brush and small trees just outside of the school property. Uh, between one and four creatures with big eyes and dressed all in black exited the craft and approached the children. At this point, many of the children ran, but some, mostly older pupils, stayed and watched the, the approach. According to Max's interviews, the creatures or the creature or creatures then telepathically communicated with the children. Uh, an environmental message before returning to the craft and flying away. According to Dunning, this telepathic message aspect of the story was not included in Hind or Leach, Leach's report, only Max, although Hind uh, reported it later. Uh, in Max's interview, one fifth grader tells how he warn was warned about something that's going to happen and that pollution mustn't be. An 11-year-old girl told Mac, I think they want people to know that we're actually making harm on this world and that we mustn't get too technologized. Uh, technologic? Technologized is what she says. Okay. Um, so, I, yeah, I get it. <laughs> so one child said that he was told that the world would end because they were not taking care of the planet. The children were adamant that they had seen had not seen a plane. Uh, High noted that different cultural backgrounds of the children gave rise to the different interpretations of what they had seen, and they did not all believe that they had seen an extraterrestrial. Like I said, some of them thought they saw this Tokoloche. Mm -hmm. um, so in 2007, a UFO researcher, Randall Nickerson, um, made a documentary about the event. Uh, he even went back and interviewed the children now as adults. Uh, it came out in 2022. It can be found only on their website. Hmm. Um, so, uh, and I think it's called the aerial phenomenon is what the documentary is called. So their, their claims of their account have not changed and still maintain as what they saw was real and true. So even to this day where these kids are adults, they still fully 100% believe what they saw and their stories have not changed. So crazy. So, you know, what was it? What did they experience? You know, like, was it a uh, mass hysteria, you know, which we have talked about before uh, on Hollywood's Haunted and, 
you know, maybe we'll get more into that later on, but that can happen where people have a mixed or a joint hallucination altogether. You know, these are children. So, you know, their imagination can be pretty wild. Like I remember as a kid imagining things that seemed very real, you know, um, you know, and but it's hard to say like why why though that's the big question why would they all hallucinate this at the same time yeah you know? exactly and if it was like a prank or something you know they there would you would event there would eventually be a crack in the stories yeah some could you know, say they're kids yeah you know so and so made this up you exactly know? yeah because it's no, not like but, that serious but you know if we're really gonna get into you know, mass hysteria. We could talk about the children's hour or the crucible, you know, if we're really mm -hmm. going to get into that where these are dramatizations, you know, as well, not reality. This is reality. You know, do kids really act that way in real life? You know, That's true. Um, so it's pretty interesting. I really suggest you go out and look up these interviews of these kids and look more into the story. Uh, if you can, uh check out um the 2022 or the 2007 documentary that came out in 2022 that randall nickerson put together the aerial phenomenon um i have not been able to watch it yet but yeah. so yeah i would suggest checking out the documentary and you know doing more research on this if this is something that interests you but yeah can't explain it it is definitely weird so, uh, yeah, hope you all enjoyed that weird story. And I'm hoping to do a lot more on UFOs and, you know, cryptids and, you know, weird extraterrestrial encounters. That's definitely the direction I want to go with this podcast. So if you like that, um, please let me know. Um, but, yeah, uh, like, subscribe, share. Uh, tell your friends about this. Watch my TikToks because I like making them. And uh, feel free to email us at myweirdlittlepodcast at gmail.com. And these should be up on YouTube at some point. So uh, if you want to see what we look like, <laughs> there's that. Um, but I hope you all have a great rest of your day and stay spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Ha <laughs> ha